I'm slowly coming to the realization that documented facts don't matter to those who have already predetermined what it is that they have decided to accept. Even if you can provide them with tons of documentation, videos where denial cannot be exercised or detailed studies that clearly refutes whatever it is that they have decided to pursue, all of it can simply be waved off with hardly a glance, with the statement I don't buy it. If one was to paraphrase I don't buy it, one could replace the meaning behind that statement with I don't care what you show me, because it does not agree with what I have already determined is the manner in which I choose to view this particular topic, and consequently, I categorically reject whatever it is that you are showing me. Or, how about you believe your facts and I will believe mine. Or the ever popular you believe your sources and I will believe mine. When one is looking for unbiased truth, which is no small feat in itself, one must look at all the arguments and painstakingly take nothing for granted. Unbiased truth, can be at times, extremely difficult to find. And sometimes, because of the complexity and highly technical nature of the subject matter, and our own untrained comprehension of this subject matter, the best we can achieve is a guesstimate. That's why we have specialists in so many professions. As a general rule of thumb, meaning even here there are sometimes exceptions, when researching, I try to find the general consensus of the majority of the specialists in that specific profession. I used to think that the vast majority of people exercised discernment before they formulated a reasonably informed decision. The word discernment can be defined in its simplest definition, as nothing more than the ability to decide between truth and error, right and wrong. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. In other words, for a Christian, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous with an ability to think biblically, which in itself means thinking that would agree with the whole counsel of God, as declared in the Holy Bible. And why is this important? It is vitally important because we do need to be able to discern between that which is biblical truth and that which is not biblical truth. The hallmark of the Reformation and the New Testament are the five alones, or most commonly known as the five solas in Latin, of Protestant Christianity, Scripture alone, Latin, sola scriptura, grace alone, sola gratia, Christ alone, solus Christus, faith alone, sola fide, and to the glory of God alone, soli deo gloria. If you haven't taken the time to understand why these five alones are important, especially in Christian history concerning doctrines, you're missing a lot. I indicated that I used to think that the vast majority of people exercised discernment before they formulated a reasonably informed decision. I don't hold that perspective anymore. In fact, I would have a tendency to say, especially with regard to what is put out there as Christianity, the exact opposite is true. Is Mormonism Christianity? Is the New Apostolic Reformation Movement Christianity? Is the name it and claim it, word of faith perspective Christianity? And this short list above, could with very little effort, easily be made very long. The thing is, discernment takes time and diligent study of all the subject matter, especially God's holy word, considering that it is our final authority. Reading books that support one perspective or putting yourself under someone's teachings without first having spent a significant amount of time earnestly studying and praying over God's holy word, gives you nothing in which to compare what you are reading or being taught. Without first putting in the time and effort of studying God's holy word, you have no benchmark of measurement from which to discern. You're like a ship without a rudder, blown about by whichever way the wind happens to be blowing. And there's a lot of wind out there that does not want to see you reach your anticipated destination. Considering that Jesus, Matthew 24:10, and Paul, 2 Thessalonians 2:3, told us there will be a great falling away, as opposed to a great awakening, before he returns and notice that the falling away comes first, and that there will be many false prophets, with false signs and wonders, and wolves that will lead many astray, Mark 13:22. does it not seem prudent to really get a grasp of what things in particular must take place, Matthew 24 6-8, 
and how we as Christians should react to them? And about these things that Jesus told us about that, must take place, do you get any indication at all that Jesus is telling us that we can turn them around? You can correct me if you think I misunderstand but must does sound pretty concrete to me. But what specifically does Jesus tell us to do? How about, see to it that no one misleads you, and see that you are not alarmed. Matthew 24 4-6. That would be not alarmed as in not fearful. And then we have Matthew 24 13 which states, but the one who endures to the end is the one who will be saved. I would ask that you read the entirety of Matthew 24. So when someone says they don't buy it, on a predetermined choice they have made on what they believe, while neglecting the necessity of exercising discernment to make that decision, based on God's holy word, there is very little that we can do because ultimately, this is what they do not buy. 2 Timothy 3:16-17 All Scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Emphasis is mine. This is the starting point, not making a decision and then finding the facts or scriptures that support it. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.